It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, welcome in to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we talk about the Indiana Pacers five days a week. I am one of the hosts of the show, as you guys know, Tony East with the West Indianapolis Community News. Today, we're going to talk Bulls, we're going to talk about Kevin Pritchard's interview, and then I'm not really sure what I'm going to do for a third segment. Hopefully, I think of something along the way. If not, we might do a two-segmenter here. Uh, two things, announcement-wise. Three things, announcement-wise, actually, before we talk actual basketball. Number one, big push from the Lockdown Network now is... Uh, the smart device stuff, all the Bluetooth stuff. If you're in your car, you can tell your Alexa, your whatever, to play Locked On whatever show. It'll play through your car speakers. I don't know how that connection works, but apparently that's a thing now. Super cool. Do that because I know a lot of you listen while you drive. Two, if you like football, and I know a lot of you do because you're sports people, Locked On Colts exists now. Um, it'll be hosted by Evan Sittery. Uh, it starts next week, I believe. Uh, Evan is from Indiana. I know he's he has a journalistic background, but he lives in Phoenix now, covering the Suns. But uh, Locked On Colts should be really cool. He's a great journalist. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Colts Podcast if you're interested in uh, keeping alive the Locked On Network stuff. Locked On Pacers, Locked On Colts. I'm sure we'll have a great mutual beneficial relationship going on at some point but just thought i'd give them the the plug early on because i know it's going to be a great show uh lockdown network's awesome and i know you guys like football three gonna see a lot more me on the solo shows i think adam uh is going to be reduced to just the weekly shows um (laughs) that sounded like he got demoted like someone demoted him uh that's by choice for him as his uh job in tennessee is really picking up so a lot more me and my voice. So for those of you that don't like me and like Adam better, I apologize. <laughs> I know that per- those people exist. The the first time I ever went on the like iTunes podcast thing to see the ratings for the show, someone's the, the first one I ever saw was like Adam is my favorite host, and I was like, well, damn, <laughs> which always makes me laugh. Um, but yeah, he'll still be on the weekly shows. We're still gonna do those. We'll still do mailbags together and all that. But he uh, he struggles to find time during the week to do episodes like this weekend and stuff. Uh, and like one minor inconvenience in his life means he can't do one during the week. So 
It'll be just me now on the solo shows uh, starting today, I think. So get ready for that. Back to weekdays, though. No more weekend episodes, unless you guys like those, in which case I'll try to fit one in. Um, but today, let's talk Bulls. Sorry about the long administrative stuff intro. I know those aren't super fun. Uh, you know what else isn't super fun? <laughs> the Bulls. I didn't mean to make that segue. I'm glad how well that worked out. Uh, the Bulls are not fun or good. Um, I know that we talked about how they've been successful since the All-Star break with their four banked wins. Um, Otto Porter has really helped them. They just did, I just read an interview with the, their owner, I forget his name, Reisdorf, I think is his last name, Reisdorf, uh, where he's talking about how he's happy with his front office for getting Otto. And look, they're rebuilding and doing well. And it's like, yeah, you're really building for this awesome future with Lowry Markin and, and what? Um, <laughs> they've got some other good stuff, but I'm not really super high on Levine or Wendell or any of those guys. So. I feel bad for Bulls fans because they don't have a sweet future to look forward to. Maybe a good one, but not a sweet one because they stink at a lot of basketball things, which makes them kind of hard to watch. Last time these two teams played was actually one of the most exciting games of the year, though, that overtime thriller where Oladipo versus Levine was just insane down the stretch with Levine, almost even tying the game at the end, but it was just after the buzzer. Turner hit a clutch three. He got hurt in that game, uh, that shoulder injury. I think it was the first game after New Year's. Vic banked in the three. Uh, it was just a sweet back-and-forth battle. Uh, 119-116, I believe, was the final score of that game. Um, and that's kind of what the Bulls are. The, the, the only way they can keep up with you is a shootout. Um, they're scoring well in the in these four games that they've won since the break. 110 in a win over Orlando, 126 to beat Boston, 109 to beat Memphis. That 4 OT game with the Hawks, they had 168. That doesn't really count, but um, <laughs> you get the gist. Even in regulation, I feel like you have to have a lot to get to almost 170 uh, just using 20 extra minutes. So they, they have Levine who can create for himself and Lowry who has killed the Pacers time and time again, which is so strange because they don't normally have a, guys who can do that. Um, both of those guys are, are limited to creating for themselves. I, I think personally from watching them, you don't get a lot of, oh my gosh, the Bulls just passed you to death or anything like that. Um, and their stats kind of reflect kind of reflect that. Uh, they're 25th in assists per game uh, in the league, which is, is rough. And they're 30th in offensive rebounds. So basically, they miss a lot, and then they don't get the rebound. <laughs> uh, they're 20th in field goal percentage, too, which is tied in with not you know getting good shots from passing. So they basically just miss, and then don't get the rebound. And that is a recipe to lose. <laughs> That's why their offensive rating is bottom two in the league, which is cute for saying 29th. Uh, not dead last, though. So congratulations for, not, for having a better offense. Uh, than the New York Knicks. Something they do well, uh, and I guess well in this case uh, is is good for them, but not necessarily great, is they don't foul very often. They're first in the league in not fouling 18.8 times per game. Um, excuse me. No, that's right. Okay, 18.8 fouls per game, which is pretty good. Uh, first in the league, of course, is means it's a good thing, but there's a lot of young guys. I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see that. Uh, Boylan's scheme is, is very rigid on D where one guy's screwing it up means you're just going to give up a basket instead of um, giving up points or giving up a foul so that's some of it but uh, you're not going to get a lot of trips to free throw line for the easy points so you got to take advantage when their defense collapses and actually make the shot other than that they don't really have any super appalling like first or last level stats uh, at a cursory glance um, they're just very reliant on two guys on one end and they're their good defenders are few and far between. Otto's a pretty good defender. Um, Otto Porter, that is. But he's a little banged up. I believe he just missed a game. Yeah, he's got a 
he missed their game, their last game against the Hawks for undisclosed reasons, which you never know what that could be. Um, and Wendell Carter was also a decent defender, is missing time. Uh, he's actually out for the whole season. So they're, they're very low on on stop stoppers. Chris Dunn's on all right, defensive player. Um, so maybe some point of attack stuff there, but once Collison gets the ball out of his hands, I'm not worried anymore. Uh, Levine is a sieve. I, I would argue that uh, Larry Markinen is a sieve, and they just don't have anyone else that scares me on either end of the floor. So I don't perceive this game being challenging. The Pacers sweeping the Bulls in four games would be um, what you expect and what I am hopeful for. Uh, just because they're just not a very good basketball team. And I think the Pacers need to win this game, uh, like, super, super badly. I know that was a childish way of describing how important this game is. But uh, the loss to the Magic, big chip on their shoulders. They should be better than 3-3 three and three since the break. Uh, you know, they haven't played any, like, break-your-heart-out opponents yet. And yet they are 3-3, three and three, and they need to be 4-3 and three at worst going into this crazy hard stretch that starts Thursday. So... Big game. They got to get on track. I think they can. I think they're clearly the better team. They've beaten them three times already for a reason. Uh, but the Bulls played them tough earlier, twice actually, and they played them really. They beat them last year with uh, Miritich. So I know Miritich was there, but still, I remember that game too fondly. So I think that uh, yeah, this game could be tougher than uh, the records indicate, but it shouldn't be super tough. They really need to go out there and just punch them right in the mouth. Uh, I expect big games. From Thaddeus Young here, he seems to be just furious all the time in the last couple weeks, and he's got to take his anger out on somebody. And I need to see a good game from Turner because Turner has been very much struggling the last couple days. Uh, if this game does not go well for him, one of my Wednesday segments will be about uh, Turner's struggles. So get ready for that one. Uh, but I think they win. I think they need to win. I think they know they need to win, and I think they're angry about their last loss. So I think they're going to win. That's all I have to say about the rest of the Bulls game. I'm tired of talking about the Bulls, and I don't have to do it ever again after tomorrow, and I can't wait. Uh, so let's – I'm going to move on here. Uh, maybe I'll make this two segments. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of me reading off my screen, which is boring for you guys. But uh, Kevin Pritchard did an interview with uh, Steve Oshberger. It might be Ashberger. I might have just said that wrong. Um uh, Ashburner, there it is, Ashburner, Steve Ashburner of NBA.com, uh, and there's some f- fun stuff in there, nothing really like super team building constructive, but still fun stuff, so worth tuning in, come, uh, I want to do t- some takes on it, so come listen to Kevin Pritchard stuff. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, KP flies out of the start talking about, um, you know, how much he likes Nate and the coaching staff and how much, uh, you know, the team just gives himself a chance by trying hard every day. But, But early on in the interview, he says, 
We may not be the most talented team, but we try to make up for it by doing the small things well. I love the, uh, the throwing in the lack of talent <laughs> thing early on. But he's right. This team does outperform because they give so much effort and they're so competitive. Um, so he, he also notes that they lose when they don't play super hard. I mean, I think that's part of what the Pacers are. They just play harder than you, and they're going to need to do that to beat the Bulls. I enjoyed this question and answer. Uh, Oshburner, I'm going to get it wrong every time, said, no offense, but the Pacers in this era of multi-star super teams aren't very, quote-unquote, sexy. Is there room for a serious contender going about its business like this? KP says, what we evaluate when we look at players, we look at what we are about. We have some things we feel very strongly about in our culture, and that kind of drives every decision. Sometimes that maybe knocks out the sexy pick, but it makes us take a hard look at what fits our players have done a great job also of establishing what, they, what they're about and holding locker room accountable. Uh, nothing is like new to what you know uh, as a Pacers fan. And what he just said, like, you're not like, whoa, really? But um, I do find that just so interesting. Johnny Mathais, uh, one of our 8.9 seconds writers who is a Pacers historian, just a super smart dude, uh, always talks about he values fit so much more than talent, uh, way more than I do. And like, I... I obviously have a value on fit, but I like get the talent, figure it out. Uh, he puts the value on fit, and I think KP puts a higher value on fit than I do too based off of this, um, both culturally and on the court, and I think it matters a lot on how this team is good. You know, Kylo Quinn choosing to come here re- totally for reduced minutes um, is a testament to, to them getting culture guys and culture guys paying them back in that way. Um, in O'Quinn's case and Tyree Gavin's kind of similar way. Wesley Matthews, I think they, oh, they do. I gotta go find it. Uh, they actually talk about that later in the interview. And now I'm struggling to find it. I read this earlier in the day. I don't remember how far down it was. Um, here's a part of it. He says, what was your sales pitch to Matthews? And KP says, he saw opportunity. We needed a starting two, and there was continuity with just knowing Nate and how he coaches, his style, how he coaches in his style. And from what he's told us, he saw us, he played against us, he liked the way we play, but it became a recruiting process for sure. He had a lot of options. So it sounds like they just sold him on the culture, and they knew he fit because he had played with Nate already, and they, they liked him for that. I mean, obviously, there was some mutual fit with a – massive uh, hole in the starting lineup that Matthews has fit in very well. But, you know, I just like the, these these situations where you come in and, and it just fits. And I think that, that that is, you know, that's another indicator of that. Here it is. Here's the O'Quinn part. It says, what's your assessment of the group you added last summer, Tyreek, Doug, and Kyle Quinn? Um, KP said they fit in nicely. They all made it clear they wanted to come in, play a role, and do it as well as they possibly could. Kyle is a great backup center, and we've asked him to be the third center, and I just wrote about that. Maybe I'll use that as my third segment. Yes. Um, We've needed him because Sabonis is going to be out for a little bit. Uh, Also, that probably indicates Sabonis is going to miss the rest of the week. McDermott, as he gets comfortable here and learns to seek out his offense, the better he's going to be. I agree. He's already fitting in better. And Tyreek, he's had some ups and downs. But when he plays well, we're a different team. We need that punch off the bench, and that's something we focused on when we got him. Uh, love the snide. He's had some ups and downs for Tyreek. I think even KP is saying uh, or noticed that you know maybe this wasn't the perfect choice that they would hope had hoped it would be. But uh, you know Kyle fit. He just likes that they all fit in nicely with the culture, and it works out so well. Uh, and I, I enjoy KP talking about that. That 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 says that says a lot to me that about their choices of players. That it's more so about how do they fit on and off the court instead of just like let's go get the best guy. Um, I know Chris Ballard, <laughs> wow, two culture references for me. I actually read this quote from him today. I don't actually know this about him, but something about he 
he's really, you know, he, he puts a, a ceiling on the price he's willing to pay for a player. If it gets above that, you know, he sleeps well at night knowing that they're going to have alternatives or, or other ways to get production at that position. Uh, I like KP kind of signaling the same thing here. Like, all right, if we don't get the star because he's a fit our culture, that's fine. We know we can get a guy who can who can fit us better. Last part here, we talked about TJ Leaf yesterday. Uh, Adam tried to let me gloat, and I did a terrible job. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, they asked him about it. Steve said, uh, Leaf had a big game against Minnesota on Thursday. He was the number 18 pick in 2017, ahead of prospects such as Jared Allen, OG Ananobi, Kyle Kuzma, and Josh Hart. Do you still see in him the player you projected? And here is a fun one from KP. Um, obviously, take grain of salt everything in this interview because some of these interviews are PR stuff. But KP said, we're really high on him. He has paid his dues. And also, I've heard players talk about paying their dues, young players in particular, um, when I've talked to them about games they haven't played in. He said he has paid his dues. He got stronger last year. The physicality of the game was a little bit of a challenge. That's not a challenge for him anymore. He's got a real offensive feel. He's one of our best in the post. He has shown a patience about him. He can go either way. He can pass. We think he's got a shot to be a really nice NBA player because he just works so hard. The game is slowing down for him. Hey, look at that. That sounds very familiar. Um, like we talked about, the game is slowing down for him. And I don't necessarily agree that he's one of their best in the post. I think he's fine uh, there. I don't think he's bad. But, uh, you know, I think they are I think they really do think that he's going to be a Swiss Army knife on offense at some point. And they believe in him. And... Uh, the Pacers are always this team. They're always deep, uh, and it takes them a bit to develop their guys, but they've shown us time and time again they can develop young players. Uh, it just takes them longer because they don't get as much opportunity to play in this organization. It just is what it is. Um, but, like, I think it was Devon Reed who I was talking about. Uh, he, he talked to me about paying his dues, and, you know, every young guy's got to go through the grind of, you know, not playing, playing, playing well, like, it's just the growth pattern that, that, that happens within good organizations, and we're seeing that now with Leaf. Um, hopefully he can keep it up. Who knows if he can? Uh, I'm sure none of you except for me think that he can. Uh, I just thought this interview was fascinating. I would highly encourage you all to go read it because KP is a very sage guy uh, who I just enjoy uh, reading what he has to say, and he's very good at the PR stuff if uh, he wasn't trained. I'm sure he was, but... Uh, I just re- I think you would all enjoy it, of course, as fans of the team. It's on NBA.com. Uh, it says the, the, the title, for those of you who are looking for it, is Consistent Stable Pacers Maintain Their Ways Under Pritchard. So go check it out. Uh, but now I figured it out along the way like I thought it would. Segment three, let's talk about Kyle Quinn because he's done a great job uh, for this team recently. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So it's no joke that playing as the starter and then having one game off and then immediately being the backup to the guy you replaced as a starter... It's hard. I think 
what, what Kylo Quinn did since the All Star break is really unheralded. Like we're not talking about enough about how hard it is that he came in and started for Turner, did a very good job, averaged eight points and eight rebounds in those two games. Takes the game off while Sabonis and Turner are both healthy-ish against Detroit. Then has to come in as the backup, play a completely different role. One where instead of being a defensive play finisher, you know, he kind of has to pass and initiate. And, 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 I mean, he can still be his defensive self. Like, he can blend these two roles, of course. But, I mean, just like he has to be a different player and play a different style. And he did fine in that role, too. He shot incredibly well. Um, as the bench guy, 8 for 11 in those three games. He's passing, I think, incredibly well. Uh, five assists to just two turnovers. I know five assists doesn't sound like much, but that's like commiserate. Commiserate? I can't even say that word. It's in line with Sabonis' numbers uh, passing-wise. Um, he's setting guys up by passing them open. I just, I think that's insanely hard to do because, and I think it says a lot about how talented Kylo Quinn really is, uh, is that he can play two completely different styles of center uh, one that is more stretchy. You know, we, we, we saw him. I mean, it frustrates the living hell out of me, but he's hitting these 20-footers off the pop that, that Turner shoots so much uh, while also having no trouble, you know, playing okay defense and being the passer on the second unit. He's knocking down uh, more than just those jumpers, too. That's why he's shooting 8 for 11. You know, he's not just popping out from 20 feet. Uh, I think that's really impressive. And... I know that most of the talk about O'Quinn for me is just like, what a luxury. We, we got this giant, great player who doesn't even play because of this team is so deep and uh, great injury insurance guy to have around. But now it's like, okay, look, he's actually good. Uh, and I think that's really huge. Uh, you know, Bobby Portis was like, four, or Julius Randle was like 4 or 5 for 11. Uh, with O'Quinn on him, Bobby Portis was even worse, like 4 of 13 or something. I mean, he just did a great job in the Turner role. Uh, I really enjoy him diming up McDermott from the elbows, and he, he just reads the floor really well as a cutter. He makes the hustle plays, if you remember that Knicks game uh, before the break when he dove into the crowd. like I just think it, he's he's good at being a combo of, of Domas and Miles and like blending those performances. and He's playing two different roles completely. Like, imagine... Uh, any any shooting guard, I don't know. Just imagine like league average McGee coming into the Pacers and having to play the two guard spot and having to play one game at Vic's role and one game at West Matthews's role, where West takes like one step inside the three point arc every other possession, whereas Vic is attacking the basketball game and doing a great job at both roles. Like, I don't think they're that different, uh, Miles and and Domas's role, but I think they're different enough that you have to be very impressed that he did such a good job in both. Um, and I'm glad they have O'Quinn for this run without Sabonis and that he can do... The, I mean, the only thing I... The only beef I would have with him is he fouls a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. He got in really bad foul trouble early against Dallas and Minnesota, uh, which limited his play time. But he played uh, like 17-plus minutes in the other three. Uh, and I, I'm glad that they have this guy. He, he's going to be huge for them in the next couple of weeks as they load up to try to to try to get some banked wins early on in this in this tough schedule run so yeah there we go my third segment was a bit of O'Quinn praise uh I hope you guys like Kylo Quinn as much as I do uh thank you guys for tuning in don't forget to use your smart devices to listen to podcasts in the car instead of actually like using your phone and and putting on the show just yell it it's way easier um yeah remember locked on Colts exists Colts podcast at Colts podcast on Twitter um and then as soon as they promote or post their first show. We'll promote it on here too. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk about all this Bulls action and more tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.